0: I must be moving right along. <laughs> move along, move along. Like I know you do. But keep it move along, move along, like
1: I know you do.
0: Who does that? All American Rejects. Don't, I don't know them. Girl, yes you do. I mean, I do, seeing that I just I just sung their song, but I don't. I'm going to name some All-American reject songs that you know. <laughs> and I'm going to sing them all. <laughs>
1: move along, move along. So move along. Um, when you walk my way, hope
0: it gives you help, hope it gives you help. Oh, yeah, I do know that one.
1: I'll keep you my dirty little secret. secret. Oh, I love that song! Dirty one more you'll be uh, just another uh, regret, regret, just another regret, dirty little secret, okay. dirty little secret. Who has to know? <laughs>
0: Hello, everybody. My name is Kenyon. Welcome back to We Love That.
1: Hi, I'm Jerome. Uh, This week we were going to dive into a a number of several many topics, but we ended up spending a lot of time just talking about our first topic, which is thinking about this week being the 20th anniversary of 9-11, our withdrawal from Afghanistan this summer, and the legacy that those have on us today. It's so powerful in here.
0: (laughs) It's powerful in here. It's powerful in here. Hey. Hey there, Jerome. Oh my god. Oh my god, you
1: guys. Hey, Kenyon. We're back.
0: (laughs) We're always back. Remember when you were mad at me for always saying that we're back? Now, see, I think this is a great opportunity for me to just um, dispel some rumors. Oh. When am I ever mad at you? You're always mad at me. You always have something to say. Mm, Well, now, see, that's different. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, I do remember that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's really funny. That's really funny. Um, How are you doing? I'm
0: good, I think. You think or you know? I I only I'm thinking right now. Oh no! Oh no! Saying, it's you know, it's just one of those. It's just one of those things. Things. One of those crazy just flings. Just one of those
1: <laughs> crazy flings. Gold <laughs> Porter would be so proud of us <laughs> to. Cut. <laughs> <Vagoté>. cut, cut. <laughs>
0: Wait, I. We should talk about how you're doing and how you're. Cat-calling the people in the streets.
1: No, no, no.
0: Canyon. Canyon, canyon, canyon. (laughs) I can't believe
1: you'd bring this up. Okay. Here's a story. All about how. I have been noticing that... Being back in New Haven, the students, the Yale undergraduates, have returned to campus. Mm -hmm. And some of the young gays... Are little are stepping out in their little outfits, which I think is great. <gasps> yeah, I think it's great. I just remembered something, but I can't tell you that right now. I have to tell you at a different time. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um All the young gays have been stepping out in their little outfits. Short okay, shorts, okay. tank tops, looking cute, looking great. So last night, uh <laughs> Kenny and I were walking to <laughs> one of our favorite establishments, Pokemoto, on Chapel Street. Very good. And... Um, there was a young person walking in front of us in the little outfit. So I was like, oh, let me take this opportunity to comment to Kenyon on this thing that I've observed, which is that <laughs> the girls are girling about. The girls are girling <laughs> about. Um,
0: uh, comment, so comment to Kenyon, but also kind of generally to the whole no, block. No,
1: no, no, because I lowered my voice. and I, I know
0: I did. I know I lowered my voice.
1: Mm, mm, mm. Mm. I lowered my voice. I know I did. So <laughs> I said to Kenyon, "I was like, oh my god, look at this like cute little outfit in front of us." I was like, you know, I've really been noticing that like the girls are really out here wearing these cute <laughs> little outfits. The girl, you know, the girls are going about, you know, commenting, but not in a way that was for other people to hear in a very. St- under very soft-spoken no, way.
0: Just... Jerome, this is revision. No. This is uh, <laughs> deep revision. You were giving loudspeaker. That's you were giving not true. announcement. You're giving fire alarm. That's
1: not true. Okay.
0: okay. You t- you tell the story how you think it should be told. I mean, you've done it all justice, except for the part where <laughs> you said, and then I turned to Kenyon and I said <laughs>
1: No, no, no. You said the girls. The girls. I did not do that. I did not do that.
0: This is an exaggeration. This is an exaggeration. Well, either you were, you know, yelling and screaming, or you know, Miss Thing on the street was just had some superhuman hearing. Well, okay. So we're, and this person is like 20 feet in front of us.
1: (laughs) He shouldn't put this in. (laughs) I was so surprised you brought this up. No, I think it has to stay. The people have no. to No. <laughs> they not have to. So the person in front of us turns and looks back, and as they turn to look back at us, says, I'm sorry. And then, to, but like, not like, oh, I'm sorry that I'm wearing this fabulous outfit. It was like, like they apologize for looking. And for hearing. I don't, see, the thing is, I don't know about hearing. I don't know if they actually heard. I think it's unconfirmed. Uh, <laughs> I think it's unconfirmed. Okay.
0: okay. So they
1: turned around, and said sorry, and then kept kept it pumping, which we thought was truly hilarious. Which was only worsened by the fact that this person then went
0: ahead and walked into PokéMoto, so we couldn't go. I was too embarrassed. <laughs> Adding it to the long list of establishments that Jerome will now not enter. Correct, including. S S
1: S Pizza, (laughs) but I ain't going there just because the pizza's bad. Uh,
0: uh. They do a good French fry, I believe. You've really been obsessed with French fries. Well, I just potatoes. We've had this. We've we've talked about this. Potatoes are superior, a superior starch than bread. We know this. Um, We we accept this. We live our lives this way. I don't know. I don't know. I just,
1: don't, I just don't know. I just don't know that I can sign up to that. I don't know. I can co-sign on that.
0: Well, instead of get launching into a debate about <clears throat> various starches and grains, what's happening in the world today? Um, should, shall we move into our first topic? Well, I think we shall. Okay. This extended moment. That Well, this is giving a real pivot. Gosh. <laughs> Wait, where, what are you starting with? I'm starting with
1: truly the global moment for our world. Um, This Saturday, the Saturday after this episode comes out, will be the 20th anniversary of Mm. 9-11. Told you it would be a big pivot. (laughs) Mm. Um, The 20th anniversary of 9-11. And so we have been... I started in this way, and then I got Kenyon on board. There are all these, like, 9-11 documentaries, docu-series. There are all these, like, you know, retrospectives right now. Right. Um, And so I've really been partaking. So I watched the Netflix five-part docu-series, Turning Point. And then I started the National Geographic Apple TV... Okay, so then we... we Kenny and I, I started that, that first episode and then we finished the first episode together. And it's, like... It's a lot to take in. I mean, it's six episodes all about, like... The day. Basically just all about the day. And it's all this footage. It's crazy. I didn't realize that there was so much, like... I mean, obviously there is. I guess people just don't, like, trot it out a lot because it's difficult to watch. But, like... Part of it is they're like following this firefighter and there's just like, you didn't see the beginning, but they like just happened to be filming that firefighter that day. Whoa. Um, Because it starts with them off like they're responding to some like gas leak that was reported and then they're like looking at these manhole covers and then literally they're like looking the manhole at the manhole covers and then they hear the plane and then the camera looks up and then you see the plane hit the building. In like a... Truly wild way oh my
0: gosh
1: um moment for the world, and thinking now, twenty years later, about the war in Afghanistan, like
0: it just really is a, a particularly resonant week. yeah, I it's as we approach the anniversary, I'm wondering how what at the time we were both alive, but we were mm-hmm. also both tiny. Well, some of us were older than others, I'd say. So me, being older than you. Old. (laughs) Okay, but I'm wondering how, like, do you remember anything about that time? Or or, there's all this talk right now of, like, you know, people going to, people being deployed in places today or, like, people going to college today, like, born after 9-11, like, don't even know. And we are not, we are not that generation of people. But, like, I don't know if I can really point to a lot of memory of that time.
1: Yeah, I I don't. I certainly don't, like, have memories of the day. Um, I was four. I was at preschool. Um, I don't have memories of the day. But I do... And so I guess in some ways I do kind of think of it as um, history. And mm. I was... There's this uh, New York Times op-ed that's like, we need to stop treating this as history and, like, start actually being critical in how we think about and remember 9-11, something that really like, I mean, I was talking about this way back on the podcast months and months and months ago, just in terms of like me loving, uh, diving into my history, you mm-hmm. know? Right. And thinking a lot about uh, Vietnam in the sixties and the seventies, thinking about like Reagan and thinking about like the various military involvements of the eighties, um, just that I don't think of 911 in the same way which is you know a classic like that feels like present day and not like history but like 911 uh-huh. also didn't feel right? like it didn't feel like it's it's not a news story that I remember seeing but like right I certainly remember like the I remember going into Iraq I remember yeah. you know, going to Afghanistan like I I do remember all of that and I remember feeling like I was supposed to have an opinion about it, but not knowing what, like, I remember it was, like, cool at school to be like, oh, yeah, like, we shouldn't be in Iraq. Like, I'm against the war in Iraq, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I'm in, you know, the first grade. I don't know where Iraq is or why we're there or, like, what war, you know. Um, and certainly, even to this day, talking about the Iraq War feels different. Talking about the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq feels different
0: from talking about Vietnam, but, like... Should it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just getting older. It's weird that like more more of my life encompasses more of history. Yeah. Kind of like you're saying. It's like, oh, well, the older I get, the more like history has happened actually within the time that I've been alive. Yeah. Um, and the, the, what you're saying about the ways we remember that, I think is, well, it's important. Yeah. So you don't remember that at all? At, at all. But I do remember I remember um like airport things, mm. TSA mm-hmm. things. I remember um and just like the energy like frantic energy around that. Yeah. Um and I remember like all the language like you're talking about. Like just getting these words, Afghanistan, Iraq, yeah. th- these places, and not really knowing anything, anything about them, right. But also getting like the war on terror. It's like early entry in a vocabulary. Yeah, the way that. So you know, I was also four, almost five. Like how uh, how quickly this has become a part of, like a young person's. View of the world, my view sure. of the world, sure, sure, things like sure. the war on terror or th- war in general, honestly um, it's just kind of wild, yeah, it's like it really cut deeply, really fast, and similarly, it, everyone had to have an opinion on it right. in the second grade <laughs> when it's like who we what no yeah. one's prepared to talk about this, right. but also who could be prepared to t- to really talk about a tragedy at that scale,
1: right well, that's what's really hitting me watching these. Like, I, you know, it's all coinciding at the same time. I think that in, I think that over the summer, as we are pulling out of Afghanistan, as we're, you know, it becomes very like, oh God, like how do, why are we there? Like, why are we there in the first place? How have Mm -hmm. we been there so long? Like, you know, and the United States does not do a very good domestic job of like, Paying attention to foreign policy and like paying attention to the nuance of like here's why we have done this military and you know like right, that's right. not a thing that the American populace is good at having a good grasp of, um, but I I think that it over the summer it just was like God this is great like how did we get into this mess
0: yeah
1: and it really does stem from nine eleven and so I it wa- watching these docu-series now really reframes it as like as a thing that feels or that in the moment felt like a lived moment of history right mm-hmm. like a lived changed experience right like yeah a, a time that felt like yesterday was different from today right right um in that it felt like a time and it felt like a moment in history like I I don't think there are a lot of moments that really feel that way especially like I mean we were talking about I want you to talk about this article that you sent me Um, just that like there are a lot of things that in the moment don't feel like don't feel particularly historical Mm -hmm. but then they get remembered as eras they get remembered as like you know so I'm trying to think of like like, I would say that the, like, I don't know why this is the example that's coming to me, but, like, the Black Lives Matter protests of not last summer, but the years before uh-huh. felt like, you know, sometimes you go to a protest and some, you know, like, that, that kind of just feels like a changing temperature of our day-to-day. But when we look back at it, we'll probably be remembered as, like, these are the years when, like, police violence got so out of hand that people were really speaking out against it, and then it culminated in, like, the George Floyd protest. Like, that all is going to be remembered as, like, this is a a moment of, like, an era, you mm-hmm, know? But mm-hmm. that that's not always how history feels in the moment.
0: I'm really... That exact same issue of, like, how we remember in the moment versus as we generalize to eras, as we, mm-hmm. you know, in the future. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling that about the insurrection. Sure. And it's like, I guess uh, there have been, I mean, we're also in a global pandemic. I guess there have been a number of, <laughs> so many <laughs> <pretty things>.
1: historical <laughs> moments that feel historical in the moment.
0: Um, but there's a, there's a way in which like, I had to remind myself a couple of, we- couple of weeks ago that like, the insurrection happened this year. Yeah. That happened this calendar. Yeah. In 2021. Like, it isn't, it is both not, <laughs> um, you know, just some everyday thing. It's, you know, whatever that we can shrug yeah. off. And it's also not so far in the past. It's like the, and I don't know if that's, the you know, the, the time that it happened in, being in, in the pandemic and kind of all routines were disrupted and yeah. our normal ways of processing and moving through our day-to-day lives were just already upended. Yeah. Time already was suspended. Um. But I don't know, looking at going back to to 9-11, the ways that we remember it or that I'm learning it was remembered at the time and how we're seeing it now within the aftermath of the war on terror, these wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. It's like looking almost at two different pictures.
1: Yeah. Do you want to talk about the article?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I am came across this article um, on, on Medium of someone who lived through the end of the Sri Lankan Civil War. Um, and the, the main thrust of the article is, like, don't wait for, you know, that moment when things collapse. Like, it's not going to sure. be a moment. Sure. Collapse is already happening, and it looks like this. It looks like death alongside normal life. It looks right. like I go to work next to an explosion. It looks like, It you looks know, like
1: there's an insurrection and then...
0: Life moves on, life apparently.
1: Moves on. Yeah. It's so, like, there is a lot of me that feels like that is... That there's something indicative to our time about that. Like, I think that the, the polarization in America that has led to the normalization of, like, Donald Trump and the things that he says, the fact that he was the president. You know, like, mm-hmm. even, like, you know, we love to talk about the peaceful transfer of power, but even the idea of, like, and now we, like... <laughs> and not say This is not it. There's plenty to dig Obama for. The idea of Obama being, like, and now it will be Trump. And, like... That it it just feels like frog in the water and the water is coming up to boil. And we're the frogs, mama. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I... It makes me worried. Um, <laughs> but anyway, thinking about 9-11 as, like, I don't know, as a lived experience is... I I am feeling called to, like talk to my parents, talk to my grandparents about, like, yeah. what did that feel? Because I also think, like, I mean, you know, I'm from D.C. Like, it literally was, like, it was here. Right. To, to my family, it was, like, it's happening here. Yeah, wow. Um, I think at the time, my dad worked in Virginia and, like, would drive out past the Pentagon every day. Like, that's, you have to drive on this bridge that goes right past the Pentagon. Um, And that that's you know it just feels so tangible so i think that some of the things that like it, it is getting me to really rethink like the ways that thinking about like bernie sanders calling out hillary clinton or joe biden mm. for saying we should invade iraq at the time yeah um obviously i think those are those were bad decisions um but the It's just so interesting, like, that is how it feels to me, is like, oh yeah, this is like a, or for the last couple of years, some of those, like, historical events have felt like, oh yeah, this is a chip, this is a thing that someone did in the past, like, this is a part of history. Uh But thinking about it as, like, a response to this visceral thing
0: that happened puts it in a different, just makes me think about it differently. For sure. I have never spent as much time as I am right now with the actual footage of mm-hmm. of seeing the towers get hit and seeing the Pentagon get hit and I'm I not before having having seen, you know, images and videos briefly at times before throughout life, I could never quite place myself. And I still can't. Like but like, you know, in a situation where it's like imagine if you were there at the time imagine if you saw that but now after living in new york for just a brief period it's like really changed yeah it's it's just i don't there are no words to describe how devastating that could be yeah um and extremely terrifying and and the ways in which you know looking back it's like we, we know the out, we know how history yeah. goes looking yeah. backwards, looking forwards. There's all this unknown, and that breeds a lot of fear. And it's like, right. even not knowing that there was going to be a second plane. Like, yeah. In watching it, I was saying this to you
1: the other day that like the first plane hits, and everyone is talking about it like, oh my God, what a crazy accident! Like, what a crazy thing that happened. Like, that's really a tragedy. And then when the second plane hits and it's like, oh no, this is on purpose. When the guy is talking about, he went in to talk to George Bush, who was sitting reading to children and is like, America is under attack. It's like, "Mm, yeah, like, (laughs) wait, what the, like, what the fuck is going on? You know? Yeah. Um, Them not knowing that the towers are going to fall. Like, it's just like crazy to think through that day as like a thing that people lived through. That is crazy. That is crazy. And I know that like anyone over the age of... <laughs> anyone over the age of 30 is, like, duh. Right. <laughs> but, like, you know, that to us is crazy.
0: And, I mean, I think it's important, too, that, like, we, we take the time to figure out... to do what we're doing right now mm-hmm. as we get older because, like, we are assuming responsibilities in, right. in this world and, like, right. have to make decisions off of what we know about it.
1: right. Because then it also, you know, and I think that the Netflix docuseries really goes into this, just thinking about all of the catastrophic, like, outcomes that came as a result of, like, Americans being afraid, of people in America being like, we're afraid and we want revenge and we want to strike back, and that, you know, we had... Leadership at the time, the people who were in charge at the time, like wanted us to get into a war like right. wanted to be right. fighting like there were people around halfway around the globe who were not doing what they wanted them to be doing and wanted a reason to go and make it so that they knew that we were the motherfuckers in charge and I like that honestly feels like the thing that that is really reminiscent to me cuz one of the things that I was thinking about back when I was watching these like Vietnam documentaries mm. is that I'm like how does someone live through all of this craziness of Vietnam and then later be like and and not be extremely afraid in 2003 when the government is like okay we're invading
0: Iraq right right
1: and obviously there were people, like, there were. obviously there were people at the time in who the were streets. like, don't do this. This yeah. is a bad idea. But, like... Why was
0: that not more widespread? Why kinda? was
1: that not more of a... Yeah, why wasn't everyone thinking, wait, we were just, like, 20, 25 years ago in this huge war that went on way too long. And the, the moral of the story was that we should not be trying to meddle in other people's shit. Because... It gets us, like, it just is not, like, it's not good. Like, we have to come up with a different way of intervening around the world than getting into a war. But I think the thing that, like, so I remember watching these documentaries and being really confused about that. Just, like, how how did the people not make that connection? Um, but the difference is 9-11. Yeah.
0: And I mean, it, it's, I kind of want to separate out which is, it's in, it's kind of impossible to truly separate, but, like, the... My feelings about the event and the absolute devastation of it and the responses to right. it and the aftermath of it that gets so much more complicated. Right. Um, but, like, I think about... I mean, we've just not not been in a war as a country for so long. Yeah. And, and when we are... Not really in wars. We have wars here at home. We have wars on crime and poverty and drugs and black people and terror. Yeah. And, like, that's just the language. Like, that is the political language.
1: I saw this thing today. I saw this tweet today that was, like, in our, you know mainstream cultural discourse we love to talk about oh like the middle east is this like war torn area that's always involved mm. in war and how can people live there blah, blah 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 but that the united states has only not been engaged in like war and military action for like 26 distinct years of its you know 250 plus year history you know like that we are always involved in in war And in wars of all kinds, not just a military war, but exactly what you're saying. We're in, we, all of the, like, (laughs) the war on drugs, the war on, you know, those are all, that is warfare that is enacted in, within our own country, both, like, with lethal, brutal weapons and also without. Right. But often with.
0: Truly, <laughs>
1: thinking about police violence, thinking about violence by the state, thinking about f- fucking school shootings, you know, like which
0: are directly tied to like the militarization yeah. of our police is directly tied to yeah. <clears throat> the money that we spend on our military abroad, right, and is directly tied to
1: our reaction to nine eleven right like the the United States reaction to nine eleven of like this unbelievable, horrific mythic event happens. And then it's like, it has totally changed how everything else works. It has changed how everything is thought about in the United States. Um, And not in a way that is for the better. Representative Mm. Barbara Lee. Right. um, Who is the only person who did not vote to authorize the use of military force talks about like, what if we had leaders that like walked us into the light, right? Like, that when everyone's everyone's reaction is to be, like, like scared and frightened and wants to fight back and, you know, wants to give in to that impulse of, like, you hit me and so we're going to hit you harder. Which, like, it's just such an American <laughs> cultural reaction, you know. Yeah. But, like, is, like, a human gut, like, to be pissed and to want to get back, you know, whatever. Which, like... To be clear, like is understandable as like a gut react, like right, like I I understand why someone would feel that way. Right? Absolutely, yeah. Um, but like, and of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. But also, Barbra knew at the time, so like, the people well, be knowing. Well, apparently, she was the only one. <laughs> um, that like there is a there is a higher ground for us, to, you know, just that that has gotten us twenty years down the road. And to think about how little has changed for the better as a result of those actions is, to me, equally horrifying. Right. (laughs) Like, equally horrifying. 20 years. 20 years. Like, Vietnam didn't last 20 years. And
0: we don't think of that at all in the same way. We do not think of the war in Afghanistan in the same way that we think about the Vietnam War. I mean, we haven't had, like, national outcry, I don't think, in the same... And maybe things also get changed as we move through history and stuff gets dramatized. So, yeah. you know, I wasn't alive in the 60s. and I weren't? <laughs> gotcha. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I'm sure the things that we know about... History is also are always a narrative, you know? Yeah. So it's like the things that we know about, like, ooh, 60s, 70s, it was, you know, outcry and protest and yeah. new ways of thinking. It's like that is also dramatized and it's not like that was mainstream thought. Like... Yeah. You know. Right. Lots of people just got up, went to work, came back home right. just like so many people are doing right now and through these last 20 years of of war. Yeah. Um and which and it makes sense the 26 years thing that we haven't re- been in, the US has been engaged in war yeah. except for 26 years. It makes sense why when we come to this moment now of trying to get out right that it's like we're stepping into a foreign yeah like there's no we don't know how to do there's that there's no playbook and there's no like there's no political playbook either yeah like it, it it's hard for <laughs> for biden to be like yeah this is this is the right thing to do but it also politically is the right thing to do when there's so many times you can make the argument that going to war is the right thing to do and the politically right thing to do. But stopping it somehow doesn't get those both. Right.
1: Especially because, I mean, you know, again, thinking back to the image of, like, fleeing from Vietnam, right? Like, (sighs) that we're not good at that. And we're also, we do not like things where we do not win. But how do you win a war? You know, like, that's just not a thing that is, you know, I I think exactly what you're saying. Like, it is the right thing for us to leave. It's the right thing politically for us to leave. But it is not a result that people are used to seeing and feeling and feeling comfortable. Like, we just don't... And and I think part of that, which is really exemplified by, like, I, I think we just are not used to us also having to take losses, right? Like Mm. any situation in which we have had to take losses that are not atoned for any situation in which we have to step back or we have to step down, like is not what we're used to doing. Like that is not what America is, is used to being in the position of doing. Um, And so it is very difficult, I think to sell, like we're, we're leaving Afghanistan and uh, everything is not fixed. <laughs> like, so and actually, we, we did not accomplish the things that we wanted to accomplish. And still, the right thing for us to do is to leave because that is because we, none of the options are great. Right. And we're not used to that. We're not good at thinking about that. Yes. Yeah. I think that at this, this is a real moment to look back, right? Mm and to really be thinking about what the last 20 years have meant um, and what we're going to learn from that, like what we are taking away from that. Um, And I think that I am really taking away, like, I want to have leaders that lead us into the light. Feel it. Um, And I, I want to think of, you know, just be thinking about the way that we as Americans, the way that we, as people in our own smaller communities are, are engaged in like, yeah, like wins and losses, victors and losers. And, and I, I don't know that there, there just is so much to contend with, but that like we're living in history that the the stakes are real. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I don't know,
0: there's something in that last part that you said that reminds me back uh, brings you back to barbara lee and and she was she basically called the political actions post nine eleven a kind of revenge, you know, and that yeah. the things I'm taking from this moment of looking back are specifically about american culture about about grief mm-hmm. and and fear, I guess, yeah, and like just how how little of a national language we have to like adequately deal with grief, yeah, and I felt this way and still feel this way about the pandemic it's like of course the, what like it's just it's not being addressed, it's yeah. not being addressed, it's being economized, it's being sold it's be, it's yeah. like it's and going back to to the horrific images of 9-11. Like there's there's still a a rawness there. Yeah. Um for me and I think for, for a lot of people. And like there's still some grief that was not addressed by our revenge wars. Right. And that's just not we ha we don't have any language for that nationally.
1: Right. And that's what I think that's what makes like pulling out of a if the war was to get revenge. Like that makes it very difficult to look back and be like, oh yeah, like we got the thing that we wanted, you know. Like the thing was just to hit them back. Like certainly, if the if the intention was to cause death and destruction, then we did that. But it's like, what was? Why did we want to do that? You know, like why did we do that? Right. Um, which is why, like, I don't know, all of the like. We weren't there to nation build, we want them to to protect we want the Afghan army to protect itself, like we want the Afghan government to stand on its own feet. Like none of
0: that is why we want. <laughs> like none of that is really why we want. Well, and even like the the other kind of set of emotional reasons why it was sold about fear and safety. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we've gotta make this region of the world different so that we can feel safe on in our region of the world. Yeah. Um, I don't know if people feel more safe now. Not at all. I mean, I, I can't speak for everybody. But, right. But, like, I and then looking at the, crea- like, what we, as a nation, created, like, in terms of surveillance, in terms yeah. of other enemies, in terms, like... J- uh, like, say, like the grief wasn't addressed, and also like our concerns about safety weren't adecu- adequately addressed either.
1: Yeah. And I think because I think that comes back to what you were saying before about like the ways that people feel unsafe. I mean, so much of it, it feels like narrative. Yeah. Like the way that people feel so, so scared of like the the mythic legacy that 911 has in the american mind of like you must be afraid of terrorism terrorism being like like having all these associations of it being from the middle east of it being associated with islam like of it being some sort of jihadist something um is just so not connected to the actual the actual violence that like (laughs) is enacted every day. Again, thinking about the police, thinking about uh, the access that, that people have to guns, to weaponry in America, to do harm to other Americans. Um, Thinking about like, and this is not something that I I felt like the, it is something that I think the Netflix series could have gone into in more detail Mm. is like, the intense Islamophobia that has come out of 9-11, that has come out, you know, that like the idea of terrorist is such a coded, is such a coded term, is such a coded, like the, the image of who is doing the harm also like gets in the way of seeing all the harm that's being done. For sure. And... To be explicit, that the idea of like, oh, it is going to like associating with, again, the Middle East, associating it with Islam, associating it with Muslims, as opposed to thinking about like, you know, intense Christian terrorism, thinking about the abortion law in Texas, you know, like. The idea that we would be like, oh, well, mm, your human rights violations over there are really bad. But it's like, okay, but what the hell are we doing over here? With prisons, with access to abortion. Like,
0: but what do we, What are we doing? That was like, what a... Oh, my gosh. There's so many things going on in my mind right now. But, like, there's a point in the in this series that we both watched where it goes over Guantanamo. And the, like, yeah. the justifications yeah. and the... <laughs> Which <laughs> is another thing that, ridiculous. Like, human rights violations yeah. that we somehow justify over here not even over here in in our colonized but not colonized but it's colonized land right versus the like no but we've got to go into Iraq because Sudan is a is i mean there, there are human rights violations over there right and anyway, not that not that one is better or worse or less yeah. or great it's just like this is not consistent. And until we consistent. get, until we like, can get honest, honestly, truly, until you get honest, you can't actually deal with the grief. Yeah. Like you, like, truly. Yeah. And I mean, the, the other thing that I've been thinking is that we've been alluding to, but just like being black and black in this country, like terrorism just means different just a different thing. Yeah. Um. And it's it's really hard to to muster the rage that I see other some other people muster. Yeah. Um when when confronted with like the long and terrifying history of racism in this country. Right. And that intersects with all the things we've been talking about. It intersects with black soldiers going to Vietnam. It intersects like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it's there, and it, and it colors. I don't know. It just colors my emotional reality as I try to reflect on these last twenty years. Yeah, I'm realizing that this is one of like the one of the only conversations I've had. About the subject, yeah, um, and these subjects interrelated, yeah. um, because it feels like it's part of the national discourse at all times. Because it's on the TV, all like right. It's like why we are talking about this, aren't we? Actually, I don't. I can say that I have not been having my own conversations, bringing my own language sure. and understanding and processing to to this history that we're living through. Yeah. Um, which feels, well, it's just something I want to do more of. You know, it's like that, it, it feels irresponsible for me to, let me rephrase that. In order to be responsibly and democratically involved in this country, I feel like I've got sure. to have my own conversations.
1: Yeah. 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 And I mean, that's why, like, I think that it is always part of, that's what this, New York Times Op-Ed it's part of the argument that is made there is like you know, never forget like we're we are always thinking about nine eleven we're always talking about nine eleven but like not there's like only one way to think about it, right? like it was this great tragedy, it was this like horrible thing that happened, like we're so grateful for the the people who lost their lives trying to protect and save other people like and that all is true, but we do lose we lose the ability to think about so many other repercussions when we only think about it in one way.
0: Yeah.
1: When we don't actually have, like, other conversations about about that as a historical event, that as a thing that, like, people were reacting to, you know.
0: Yeah. I was just having a moment. I was realizing that this song that I've been playing forever, that I've loved for so long, yeah. is a is a nine eleven song, probably. Whoa. Um, um, but it has this lyric, and it. it's like all these. It's called War and Peace, and it has like all these people speaking about like what is war, what is peace. It's interesting, mm-hmm. different languages, whatnot. Mm-hmm. The last line is is why is it dangerous to say never forget.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: And I didn't, I didn't make the connection.
1: I mean, never forget is like stagnating. Yeah. Yeah. Like to say never forget is like to constantly be like, remember what you felt on that day in that moment, which is like not a place that I want to
0: act from. Getting very hypervigilance. vigilance. Yeah. In very trauma. Yeah. yeah. Um. And at the same time, you know, balanced with a, a sort of history repeats itself. Like right. know where we've come from to see where we could be going. Right. See where we would like to go. Right. Um.
1: We were going to talk about some other stuff today, but
0: <laughs> I think we might. Leave that for another time. <laughs> right, leave that for
1: another time.
0: Ooh. Yeah. Love to all the people
1: out there. Absolutely. Um, absolutely.
0: We love that you love, we love that.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Jerome, that's me, and Kenyon, that's him.
0: With music by Sophia Campo Moore and art by Griffin Keller.
1: Drop us a line at we love that podcast at gmail.com.
0: Bye. Hello out there. Welcome back. We got a boom. Waka-baka boom. Uh-huh. Waka-baka boom. Waka-baka uh-huh. boom.
1: Go waka-baka
0: boom.